Hey friends, welcome to the Medicine Stories podcast. I'm feeling more of a charge in my body right now than I normally do when I say those words. I'm Amber Magnolia Hill. This is episode 84. I'm doing it. I'm talking about cancel culture. Have been reposting other people's work on this and sharing some of my own thoughts on Instagram for a while. And I've been planning this episode for over a year. And thank you to the person who just left a ridiculous comment (laughs) on a photo I posted on Instagram that had nothing to do with the photo that encouraged me to finally just sit my ass down and and talk about this, share my own thoughts and share the work of others on this. I am sure. So this is 2022. I am sure that you have spent the last many years as I have watching people's lives be destroyed online over nothing. Sometimes it's over something and we can talk about that too. Oftentimes it's complete fabrications. Watching people fall victim to a terrifying cult-like mentality, completely lose their capacity for critical thought and compassion, but it's done in the name of compassion. It's so fucking hypocritical. And if you have been witnessing all this online, then you probably have an online account of some sort, which means that you probably also, as do most folks, live in fear of being canceled yourself, saying the wrong word because you didn't know the words had changed, Um, not speaking out about something that you really aren't qualified to speak out about, refusing to join in on a cancellation and being threatened to be canceled yourself because of it. That has happened to me many times. Um, I have never been canceled myself, but I have received many messages and comments over the years telling me, this person that you follow or that you interviewed, or I saw you mention their name once, I don't like what they're doing. And if you don't speak out against them, then you condone what I think they're doing or saw them accused of doing or what it's just a mess. You know, you, you know, this, I know this, um, especially having a podcast. So at least five people who I've interviewed have been canceled, some more brutally than others. I did delete an episode during the first of these cancellations. I'm going to talk about that more at the end. And then I realized I wasn't going to do that anymore. And I will be reading my statement on that that I wrote last year in a bit here. And it's scary, you know, it's scary when people write me saying, hey, if you don't participate in this call out, I'm going to call you out. If you don't actively engage in trying to destroy someone's life, then that means you support whatever they're being accused of, whether or not it's true and whether or not you actually would ever support that kind of behavior from someone. Even though it's been scary, my stance has been to not join in on that, 
Although I, I did, I have in the past. Uh, it's been three, four years now since I've decided I'm not participating in this anymore. Logically, it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't do what people want it to do, which is create justice or equality in any way. Luckily, I think in this the last year, 2021, the tide has really started to turn. A lot of people are speaking out about this now. A lot of people. And one of the craziest things to me, because a lot of these people, like the more invested and the more someone participates in cancel culture, the more likely they are to be canceled themselves. There's this great piece that I read a couple years ago. I will link to everything I say in the show notes called I Was the Mob Until the Mob Came for Me. I mean, it makes sense, right? It, none of this is really about justice. All of this is about performative virtue signaling. And so when you locate yourself embed yourself in an online community based on cancellations and callouts and telling everyone else they're doing it wrong, that there's only one way to care about certain social justice and other issues. You have created an environment for yourself of people who don't give a shit about you, cannot think critically, cannot see nuance, cannot hold complexity in their minds. And so, of course, the second you say or do something that goes against whatever is right that day, because the goalposts are also always moving in this culture, you're going to get called out too. It's, it's happened over and over and over again. Clementine Morrigan, who I'm going to quote later, did this post that cancel culture is an Ouroboros, you know, the snake devouring its tail. It is never ending. And it's just like a guarantee at this point that if you participate in or lead these cancellations, you are going to get canceled down the line because this is the community and the mindset that you have chosen for yourself. I think, I know I'm, I'm speaking like you. I think probably a lot of my listeners, because I have worked hard to grow an audience of critical thinkers and empaths or empathic people, compassionate people. I think probably a lot of you don't participate in this. And a lot of you are recovering participators. <laughs> and I'm putting this episode out because I know there are also a lot of you who don't know that there's a huge pushback against this. A lot of you who think this is the only way to do social justice work. This is the only way to care about other people. And of course it is. And it's the fucking opposite of that, right? It's insanity. So, okay, I'm going to start here by reading my statement on this podcast and call out culture. And then I'm going to read Megan Jane Crabb's recent post from Instagram about this, just because it's good and, and she says it better than I'm saying it. This is why I'm reading these other people's work is because they have touched on some of the nuances here that I wish to share today. And then I'll be reading a post from Clementine Morrigan, which I found right on. This is someone who has been brutally canceled multiple times. 
And then some words from Africa Brooke, who has also just done amazing work around this. I'm so grateful for these three women and their positions. And there are so many more people than just them. Okay. These are just the folks whose work I have come across and really resonated with. And then after that, we're going to talk more. We're going to talk about alternatives. We're going to talk about why shame is not a social justice tool and about how cancel culture parallels the witch hunts in one really specific and terrifying way. So here we go. So I posted this both in the Medicine Stories Facebook group and on my blog in March 2021. I decided long ago, after having done it once, that I will not be removing podcast episodes just because my guest goes on to say or do things that some people, even myself, find disagreeable. I am not responsible for the words and actions of the people I've had recorded conversations with, and my having spoken to them once does not mean that I condone everything they've ever done or said, or will ever do or say in the future. I am not here to intellectually coddle my listeners, and it's horrifying to me that some people think it's my or any, quote, influencer's job to tell people who or what they should or should not believe, follow, or be aligned with. In many cases, I see extremely complex issues, one big gray area, reduced to a few highly charged talking points, collapsed into black and white. I see what clearly are and need to be both and conversations forced into either or conversations, which take us nowhere fast and will never be the way to arrive at the solutions we so desperately need for the complex societal problems we face. Though I have enthusiastically participated before, in recent years, I have distanced myself from cancel culture. It doesn't work. No one learns or grows. This has been closely researched by social scientists. It only entrenches people deeper into their beliefs and behaviors. In actuality, it does the opposite of, quote, holding people accountable. Please read that last sentence again. In actuality, it does the opposite of holding people accountable. Cancel culture doesn't work. We'll talk more about that in a minute. I frequently get asked and sometimes bullied to remove episodes or speak out against people and threatened that I will be called out too if I don't comply. This is a game I refuse to play. This has happened with numerous guests and it's to the point now that when I schedule a new interview, I ask myself, what might this person say or do in the future that will get them called out and me in trouble for once having interviewed them, which is completely insane and unsustainable. Basically, I am aligned with Chloe Valdery's three principles for actually effective social justice work. One, treat people like human beings, not political abstractions. Two, criticize to uplift and empower, never to tear down, never to destroy. Three, root everything you do in love and compassion. We'll talk more about Chloe coming up too. This is, of course, as is everything, a complex issue. I've spent countless hours over many years thinking, having real-life conversations, and listening to others online having conversations about this topic. If you disagree with me, that's fine. You're an adult, and I trust you to be true to yourself, and you are certainly in good company. But perhaps my space isn't the space for you. In summary, 
The Medicine Stories podcast holds itself apart from cancel culture, and I will not waste my precious life energy on ineffective call-outs, my own or someone else's. This is not up for discussion here, but there are approximately 1 million other places you can go on the internet if you feel the need to argue about this. This is a post done by Megan Jane Crabb. She was formerly Body Posi Panda on Instagram. This was done in November 2021. She's got a book. I think she has like a million something followers. She's great. Parts of online social justice culture I'm leaving behind. The absolutely impossible standard of moral perfection. Online social justice culture says there is only completely good or completely bad. We have to get it right every time, live a perfectly ethical life, know things before we have a chance to learn them. Otherwise, we are part of the problem. This kind of black and white thinking ignores the reality that all of us are swimming around in the gray area because we live in societies that are set up to be unjust. Moral perfection is impossible. Using public shame as a punishment. A couple of years ago, I believed that cancel culture was a concept that didn't really exist, leveraged by right-wing wankers to avoid accountability and get away with whatever they wanted. And sometimes it is. But believing that this is all cancel culture is conveniently ignores the fact that online social justice spaces are where some of the most brutal cancellations and call-outs take place. I can't stay part of a culture that treats individuals who may or may not have made minor mistakes as disposable. Humans are not disposable. The feeling of constant community surveillance. In online social justice communities, we spend huge amounts of time policing each other's content and checking in to make sure someone has posted exactly the right thing in exactly the right way. This is not activism. The feeling of being constantly watched over by moral judges can lead to obsessive overthinking, self-censoring, and a deep distrust in people around you. That shit is not healthy. Being too scared to talk about any of this. In the deepest depths of online social justice culture, you are not allowed to talk about any of this. You are not allowed to question things. I've spent years being terrified of speaking on this, and I've spoken to so many others who feel the same way. A community where members must be impossibly perfect, questions nothing, and exists in constant fear of punishment sounds more like a cult than progressive movement to me. Reducing actual human beings to online content. In order to justify the mass harassment, calls for punishment, lack of empathy, and pitchfork mentality in these spaces, humans are seen as accounts, not people. In social justice spaces, we are supposed to be building worlds based on respect, humanity, dignity, less punishment, and more rehabilitation, less disposability, and more community. How do we reach those future worlds if we're allowing the opposite to go unchecked in our own house? I will always believe in social justice, and I've learned huge amounts from a lot of online social justice spaces. But for the sake of my own mental health and the mental health of every single person who I've seen impacted by the practices of this small subsection of online social justice culture, I'm leaving these parts behind. We can do better than this. I will post to Megan's link to Megan's post in the show notes below, of course. Someone who has done a ton of work around cancel culture is Clementine Morgan. Morgan. Uh, She has a podcast along with a dude named Jay called Fucking Canceled, which 
seriously, if you need more of this content to make sense of your own life or what you've been seeing online, Fucking Cancelled is an incredible podcast. Uh, I was not in Clementine's sphere before her cancellation, so I don't know what happened. But I'm going to read a post of hers from Instagram, recently posted December 2021, especially for the part towards the end where she talks about abuse dynamics and cancel culture and how her past as a victim of abuse was really everything she'd learned about healing and staying true to herself was put to the test in the most hardcore way going through this. Um, But I'm going to read the whole post because so much of it in the beginning, you will recognize either you've experienced yourself or you've seen other people go through something similar. Lately, I'm getting a lot of why were you canceled questions or demands that I speak to various accusations against me, which happens from time to time. I don't like to comment on cancellation campaigns because I believe it legitimizes and signal boosts abusive behavior, but today I feel like talking about some of it. I'm going to say here too that Clementine is extremely well-versed in what all of these words mean. I mean, you can go through her Instagram, you can listen to her podcast. She is not using the word abusive lightly. The first reason I was canceled was because I was accused of not posting about a political issue that I had posted about. And when I replied to say I had posted about it, it was demanded that I deplatform. When I didn't, an international cancel campaign was instigated against me. That resulted in me having to move because the people I lived with wanted me to do an accountability process, losing most of my real life friends and community, and receiving incessant, overwhelming harassment. Like most cancellations, as soon as I was targeted, a whole bunch of other random accusations were leveraged against me, including things like I plagiarized my work, despite no one offering any examples of who they think I'm plagiarizing from, or that I simply shouldn't be allowed to write about certain topics due to identity categories I have. Because I didn't lie down and take this abusive nonsense and instead stood up for myself, the harassment became more and more intense and inventive, with total strangers making weirdly specific claims about me that have no basis in reality at all. I've been accused of such far-ranging things as being a cult leader for an American sex trafficking cult, a, quote, literal Nazi, alt-right, an abuse apologist, and an abuser, despite no one actually claiming I abused them, among many other things. It's completely absurd. I am quite obviously and clearly a leftist. I oppose racism and all forms of dehumanization strongly and clearly in my work and in my life, and I have no ties to any sex trafficking cults. I think it is hard for most people to imagine what it's like to have an international game of broken telephone slander leveraged against you, where any person can say any random thing about you with no evidence at all and have it shared to thousands of people. But here's the thing. I'm not here to claim purity and innocence because I actually don't believe that my right not to be slandered or harassed is based on my moral purity. I'm a human being and my right not to be harassed and slandered is inherent. My right to material security, community, and freedom from abuse and harassment is inherent. That's what I believe as a socialist and an abolitionist. I actually have done abusive things in my life because I have complex PTSD and was a formerly street-involved alcoholic having mental health crises everywhere I went. I'm not being canceled for any of that, though. I'm being canceled for absurd internet nonsense, recasting conflict and disagreement as abuse, having my own leftist political opinions, 
not turning on other people who have been falsely accused and slandered, and for being an open critic of cancel culture. And no, I don't believe that I have the responsibility to publicly weigh in on each false accusation against me, especially when they are so vague and have no specific content to begin with. I won't legitimize this abusive behavior by taking it seriously. I also don't believe I need to publicly list out every actually fucked up thing I've done in my life for public consumption. That's not what responsibility is. Responsibility means understanding and changing behavior in an ongoing way and making direct amends and actions of repair wherever possible, all of which I have done. If you know me personally or know my work, you know that I am a deeply self-reflective person. I have over 10 years of therapy under my belt. I have been sober and in 12-step programs for almost a decade. I have many tools and practices for looking closely at my behavior, talking about my behavior with trusted people, and taking responsibility and making repair whenever I have acted outside of my integrity. None of the justifications for my cancellation are examples of me acting outside of my integrity. In fact, I have received a huge amount of harassment and punishment for remaining firmly in my integrity despite massive social pressure. Being canceled is actually the biggest test of what I have learned in trauma recovery. Like so many other abusive situations in my life, I was expected to submit, betray myself, and co-sign the distortions of the people abusing me. Like so many other abusive situations in my life, I knew that standing up for myself and staying in reality would result in further punishment. And because all of this was playing out on an international stage, I knew that the consequences in my life would be far-reaching and severe. But I chose to stay in reality and in my integrity. I chose to say no to people who are behaving inappropriately and abusively toward me. I am proud of myself and I stand confidently and firmly in my integrity. People will say all kinds of weird shit about me, wild shit about me, and that behavior is their responsibility, not mine. I hope one day they have the courage to look at their behavior and take responsibility for it. Until then, I'll be holding my boundaries and keeping my distance. If anyone is curious about who I am and what I believe, you can hear all about it at length in my huge body of work. My integrity is apparent and I don't need to prove anything, especially to people who behave in ways that have no integrity at all. So I was just really moved by the part, like so many other abusive situations in my life, I was expected to submit, betray myself, and co-sign the distortions of the people abusing me. I mean, how many times have you seen this happen? How many times have you watched someone get canceled online and just be bullied into the fucking ground to admit that they did something that they either didn't do or didn't do in the ways it's being portrayed. I would say the vast majority of cancellations I've seen, there's no truth to it at all. It's a severe twisting of something that happened or something someone said. I have seen a few where the person's like, yeah, I did do that. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm here and I'm trying to make amends, but that's not actually what the mob wants. The mob does not want amends to be made or learning or growth or healing to happen. They want to fucking ruin people's lives. They want people to disappear and not exist anymore. Somehow, somehow they have the absurd notion that that will bring justice. It only leads to dehumanization which will only lead to further injustice. 
I mean, I, I literally just can't wrap my mind around people thinking this is the right approach. So Brene Brown has a podcast episode called, I think it's what it's called, Shame is Not a Social Justice Tool. It, it really helped me to clarify my own thinking around this. When someone goes into shame, they are shut down to learning. They're shut down to connection. They get in a deep fight or flight and like self-preservation mode, just trying to survive, especially when they're being so strongly socially ostracized. This is like literally next to death, the deepest fear of the human being is to be socially ostracized. Because what this meant for our hunter-gatherer ancestors who were, we were, ni- we were hunter-gatherers for 99% of human history. Physiologically, we are still wired exactly the way they were. And what it meant to be ostracized was death, was you don't survive. Because you, you did not survive by yourself back then, and you do not survive by yourself now. Even though you can go to the grocery store and feed yourself and get water from your tap, emotionally, spiritually, no one survives being completely ostracized from all other humans. It is so deep in us to have a full-on physiological reaction to being canceled to the threat of losing the relationships that we value, the people we love. So if the mob is claiming that canceling someone is the only way to, quote, hold them accountable, they're fucking lying. That's bullshit. And maybe they didn't know that at first. Maybe collectively we didn't realize that at first, at the beginning of cancel culture. But I think now most people do realize that shame is not a social justice tool. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's no reason to continue as if it's going to work. You can listen to Brene's podcast to learn more about that. I just see people come back over and over again, like, well, it's the only way to get them to change. No, it's, it's actually like guaranteeing that they don't change because they're so traumatized and fearful for their very survival, that there's no room for growth or healing or learning. Not to mention the fact that the vast majority of cancellations I've seen, the person did not even do or say what they're being accused of. Okay. So there's, there's no like healing or growth that needs to happen from that perspective. Okay. I'm going to read now from Africa Brooks statement. I'm just going to read the first few sentences from her statement that you can find through her Instagram bio. Obviously I'll put in show notes too, called an open letter, why I'm leaving the cult of wokeness. She writes, if there's one thing I'm not afraid of, it's being canceled. If being canceled means me living in integrity as a human being who thinks for themselves, cancel me today. I repeat, I am not afraid. What I'm truly afraid of is existing in a world that forces me to submit to an ideology without question. Otherwise, I'm to be shamed 
or pressured to shame myself and cast out of the community. This open letter is much longer than that. It's from the perspective of a Black woman. I will let you read what she has to say about that for yourself. She has done some other fantastic um, posts on Instagram. Here's, here's Here's one that's a variation on those sentences I just read. If being canceled means me living in integrity as a human being who thinks for themselves, questions everything, values truth over popularity, compassion over punishment, and chooses to have firm boundaries around what I will and will not accept, cancel me today. Instead of walking through life righteously demanding that strangers in all corners of the planet do the work, what if you placed more focus on cultivating self-accountability, self-responsibility, and practicing self-reflection so that you can strengthen your own self-awareness? Do we actually want people to change for the better, or do we want to punish and shame them until they have no ounce of dignity or worthiness left? What will satisfy the mob? That's the question. What will satisfy the mob? Mob mentality is terrifying. It is so scary to see what people are willing to do to fit in and especially to not be canceled themselves. So what I have noticed over and over and over and over again is that the person leading the cancellation has a personal vendetta against the person they're canceling. Jealousy has been the main thing I've seen. Oftentimes, they they hold the person on a pedestal, they admire them, they love their work, and then either the person held on the pedestal doesn't respond to their bids for friendship, maybe because they have a ton of followers and are doing really important work in the world and don't have time for every fawning fan, um, or they were friends or they were connected and there was a disagreement or a falling out. And the person comes after them hard and makes crazy accusations. But then what happens? And this is where the parallel to the witch hunts is so strong and again, so terrifying is that they start to pull other people into their cancel campaign by telling them if you don't post about this person being whatever then you are what I'm accusing this person of being. We've all seen this play out, right? We've all seen it play out. And then they pull people in. And then the more people join in the cancel campaign, the more other people get scared that if they don't do it, they will be canceled too. So I'm thinking specifically of Salem here because I have read three books front to back about Salem. Um, But I, I know a similar dynamic in the European witch hunts from centuries before Salem. Salem was a bit of a different situation. But anyway, just looking at Salem, what happened was that plenty of people in that town knew that these accusations were bullshit. They knew that witches didn't exist in the form that they were being accused of. They knew that there weren't women and girls in their town who were cavorting with Satan in the night and casting spells on other villagers. But almost all of them chose to join in on the accusations rather than have the rest of their townsfolk turn against them as well. The few people who refused to join in 
because they had integrity enough to say, I'm not playing this game. This is so dangerous. We're killed. An old man in Salem was pressed to death. It's called. They have this device. They keep putting heavier and heavier blocks and weights on top of it. This was an old man telling him, oh, tell us again, what, you know, what did, she, what did the witch say to you in the night? And he's like, nothing, no, no, this didn't happen. This isn't real. He was pressed to death slowly over hours and hours, crushed to death. But he refused to join in on the witch hunt. <sighs> I mean, not that I fully blame people in that situation. You know, like who wants to be pressed to death? Who wants to have their entire livelihood destroyed? So like, I understand why people join in on cancel campaigns that have nothing to do with them when they have absolutely no evidence that the person did what they're being accused of because they don't want the mob to turn on them as well. Y'all, this is like so big and heavy, and I just cannot get over the fact that we are doing this to each other and that people continue to go along with it. People are super complex. I, I really love Clementine's post because she admits that she's done fucked up things. Um, and in the cases where the person being canceled has done fucked up things, Again, how how is it creating anything remotely resembling justice or healing to destroy their lives over it? We've all done fucked up things. Humans are vast. We contain multitudes. This is not the way. This is not the way to restructure the human mind and therefore human societies towards more just, equitable, kind, compassionate futures. I said earlier that I would talk about the work of Chloe Valdery, I believe. I know I just read it, but now I'm forgetting. Yeah, Valdery. Her her website is theoryofenchantment.com. Um, basically, her work is around compassionate and more humane and human anti-racist work. She realized that the way we're doing it, and this ties into cancel culture. And to a lot of the anti-racist training that happens in the workplace, she's, her work is really focused on like workplace training, doesn't work and actually entrenches racism deeper and is more toxic than not. And yes, she's a black woman. So you can check her work out there at theoryofenchantment.com. It's really so much more beautiful. And according to you know, her many, many years of experience actually more effective. <sighs> okay. So the one 
the one interview that I took down during this person's cancellation was Sean Donahue. I'm literally nervous even saying his name. Like, who's going to fucking come at me because I dared to speak the name of Voldemort? This was in 2018 in the summer. It was so intense. If you were in the herbal community at that time, you were there. You you witnessed, for me, by far, the most brutal cancellation I've ever seen, where the mob actually had no, no desire for healing or justice. They only wanted to destroy this person's life. And what made this one interesting too was that from the get-go, Sean admitted that he had done what he was being accused of. He had had an inappropriate sexual relationship with a student. I know a lot of the behind-the-scenes story of this from people who were close to both Sean and his accuser at the time, but not from Sean or his accuser, so I'm not going to speak to any of it. I will just say that at the height of it, my interview with him had come out, I think that same year. And I got so fucking scared that I would be dragged down and pulled into this mess that I took down his interview. I was not proud of it at the time and I am not proud of it now. It was not in my integrity to do that. I'm ashamed that I did it. It never sat right with me. It's the witch hunt thing. But I did it so that I wouldn't also be called a witch and burned at the stake. And since then, I've had so many people write me and say, where's that interview? People who had no idea about any of this. People who understand that people are complex and make big mistakes. Where's that interview? That interview was so helpful for me, especially the part where Sean speaks about neurodivergence. And so I'm going to put it back up. And damn, I'm really (laughs) opening myself up to being a target here. You know what people love to say, as Clementine said in her post, is that you're an abuse supporter or abuse enabler if you refuse to cancel someone who has shown abusive behavior. I just don't buy into that. I don't. Everyone is deserving of basic human respect and redemption is possible in many different ways. And I have seen Sean take accountability for this, although not in the way the mob demanded. Not in the way the mob demanded. So I'm gonna release that interview with him the same day I release this, knowing full well that I'm opening myself up to a possible cancellation campaign But also knowing full well at this point, although I have seen this, 
destroy people's lives and mental mental health in such deep ways that most of the people who follow me listen to me or my audience are too smart for that shit i've seen this with other people their audience is too smart to fall for the accusations of course there's always going to be some people who either genuinely believe it or who are too afraid to say they don't believe it But for the most part, I trust my online audience, even the perfect strangers to me. And I absolutely trust the people in my real life who love me. My husband will not cancel me. My children will not cancel me. My family and my close friends. My ancestors will not cancel me. The plants and the earth outside my door will not cancel me. My kittens and my chickens will not cancel me. This reminds me of something I've heard a lot on the fucking canceled podcast, which is that as terrifying as it can be for people to be canceled and as much as they can lose important relationships and income and months or years of mental stability and emotional wellness. What most people come to realize is that the mob can't take anything real away from them. The air that they breathe, the sun on their face, the people who really love them. And what I've heard from so many people too is that it roots them deeper and more strongly in who they really are and what they really believe in. Once you've walked through that fire of being canceled, You can fucking say whatever you want. No more self-censorship because that's something we're all doing, right? We are all self-censoring. I have not put this podcast out even though I've wanted to because I've been (sighs) self-censoring. And then they become more powerful and they attract more of the right people to themselves. And I'm not saying I want this to happen to me so that all those good things can happen to me where I realize what's real and I step into my power. I don't want to be canceled. (laughs) I don't want to have the whole fucking internet lying about me. But I'm also not willing to sit back and be quiet about what I'm seeing anymore. And I also want my audience to be thinking about these things in a complex, nuanced, logical, rational, critical manner so that none of us participate in this extremely toxic cancel culture anymore, which does not do what it wants to do, which is create anything remotely close to justice or healing. (sighs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding. All the links will be down there in the show notes. There's so much talk about this these days, so I know there's a lot more out there. (sighs) Love y'all. Thank you for taking these medicine stories in. I hope they inspire you to keep walking the mythic path of your own unfolding self. I love sharing information and will always put any relevant links in the show notes. You can find past episodes, my blog, 
and our handmade herbal medicines at mythicmedicine.love. We've got reishi, lion's mane, elderberry, mugwort, yarrow, redwood, body oils, an amazing sleep medicine, heart medicine, earth essences, so much more, more than I can list there, mythicmedicine.love. While you're there, check out my quiz, which healing herb is your spirit medicine? It's fun and lighthearted, but the results are really in-depth and designed to bring you into closer alignment with both the medicine that you're in need of and the medicine that you already carry and can bring to others. If you love the show, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash medicine stories. It is so worth your while. There are dozens and dozens of killer rewards there. And I've been told by many folks that it's the best Patreon out there. We've got ebooks, downloadable PDFs, bonus interviews, guided meditations, giveaways, resource guides, links to online learning and behind the scenes stuff, and just so much more. The best of it is available at the $2 a month level. Thank you. And please subscribe on whichever app you use. Just click that little subscribe button and review on iTunes. It's so helpful. And if you do that, you just may be featured in a listener spotlight in the future. The music that opens the show is by Marie Sue. That's M-A-R-I-E-E. S-I-O-U-X from her beautiful song, Wild Eyes. Thank you, Marie. And thanks to you all. I look forward to next time.